So for the past seven years, we've been studying the book of Romans, right? Uh, well, maybe not seven years, but it, it kind of feels like that. Uh, just to, Maybe not just to me, I don't know. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter, I've told you this a hundred times, uh, church in Rome, uh, he spent the first two-thirds of this letter preaching theological truths, right? And, and we've been through all of these things, these foundations of our faith, what we believe in, and, and, and why we believe it, who we are as sinful people, and who God is as a loving, gracious God uh, who has not treated us as our sins deserve, right? And, and while we were still sinners, he sent Jesus to, uh, to die for us. And so, so we know who God is and we know who Jesus is, Jesus, God's son, who, who has offered himself as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He has paid the penalty for that sin. And, and we, we, we learn about all of that and, and all these basic truths of, of God's love and his grace and his forgiveness. And if we just believe in faith, we can receive salvation. Last week we looked at two key uh, verses in Romans, uh, really two key verses in all of Scripture, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, uh, where, where Paul says that in light of all that God has done for us, in view of God's mercy, he says, in light of how God has, 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 uh, has, has changed our lives, has offered us all of these things, in light of all of that, then, uh, then, then, then we should offer ourselves back to God as living sacrifices. And, and so, so that's a, a key, key component. And, and I guess I would say, if you haven't yet come to the place of giving yourself completely to God for his use, of being a living sacrifice, then, then maybe the, the, the sermon today doesn't necessarily apply to you. Now, you can listen in, and I think it would be beneficial to do that, but if you haven't yet d- dived in with uh, head first, so to speak, and said, yes, God, you can have all of me, then, then what, to, what follows here in Romans chapter 12 doesn't necessarily apply. But, but he says, if you are a living sacrifice, if you offered yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God in this spiritual, uh, wonderful act of worship, then he says this is how it plays out. This is, these are some of the ways that it might look. Uh, these are, these are practical things, uh, of things that we should be doing in our lives as living a life of sacrifice. And it's more than just randomly paying it forward, so to speak. Uh, what we're about to read here comes as a direct result of God's empowerment in our lives. A natural outflow of, of God's offering himself to us and we offering ourselves to God. And so the natural outflow looks like this. And it's a whole lot less theological than, than Romans has been up to this point. And it's a whole lot more practical. Rubber meets the road. This is what it looks like to live out. And, and as Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, um, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, right? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, we, we want to know what God's will is for our lives. Well, well, Paul says this is what it might look like in your life. If you're a living sacrifice and God is spelling out his will for you, it might look a little like this. And so we're going to start in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. Now picture again, Paul is, uh, isn't necessarily writing this down. He's, uh, he's dictating this to someone who, who is writing it all down, writing this letter, uh, probably pacing back and forth, probably getting a little bit excited as he's walking through. Picture all that in your mind as you, as you hear these words this morning. For by the grace given me, I say to each uh, one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in according with, accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encourage, to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but live, leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, he kind of wraps it up the way he started. Actually, Romans uh, uh, 12.2 says that we're not to be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. He says, don't be overcome by evil. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Overcome evil with good. And these are all these ways that that, that, that we can do. I just picture Paul just, just kind of getting excited about, oh, and don't forget this, and oh, put this in there, and make sure that you do this. Oh, and they've got to make sure that they do that. I, I think the words of, of John Wesley kind of helped summarize this passage. Uh, what does it look like to be a living sacrifice, to live out our faith? Well, Wesley put it this way. Do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. That's a lot of doing good, right? In other words, and I think this might help kind of wrap up this entire passage, a living sacrifice is active. A living sacrifice does things. A living sacrifice acts. A living sacrifice doesn't just sit back and let other people do it. A living sacrifice is active. I think it's it's true that, uh, that, that that old phrase is probably true that it is possible for us to be so heavenly conscious that we're no earthly good. I think sometimes we want to make our holy huddle and, and, and have this great wonderful church here and, and we're so heavenly conscious and we're so conscious of, of being holy that we're not doing anything for others. We're not living out the, the will of God through our lives into the world where we live. We can, we can spend so much time getting our beliefs straight and studying and, and learning and growing and, and devoting and meeting and grouping and worshiping and theologizing that we forget about the work that God has called us to do in this world, the difference we're supposed to make in people's lives. 
heard a story once about uh, Daniel Webster, the dictionary guy. Uh, well, he did a lot more than just dictionaries, but uh, he was uh, a leader back uh, uh, many years ago in the country and, and, uh, and, and a lawyer. And Anyway, when he was a child, they, they say that it seems that his father was going on a trip. And so he and his older brother, Ezekiel, were left in charge and, and his father gave them specific instructions of things that they needed to do while he was gone. His father left, came back, and he realized that most of the things, or well, all of the things that he had told them to do hadn't been done. And so he called the boys in and, and first he, he asked Ezekiel, Daniel Webster's older brother, he said, what have you been doing, Ezekiel? And Ezekiel said, nothing, sir. And then he asked, well, Daniel, what have you been doing? And Daniel Webster said, helping Zeke, sir. <laughs> I, I think, actually I know because it's in the Bible, that there will be some people and there will be some churches at, at the end of time who are asked by God, what have you been doing? And they'll respond nothing, or at least nothing of eternal significance. As followers of God, we have to be active. We have to be doing the work of God, uh, what he has entrusted to us. Uh, otherwise, I mean, we can, we can come to the place of salvation, uh, perhaps even uh, the place of sanctification. We're, we're set apart by God. He has called us. We're his. Then let's just zap and go to heaven, right? But he has left us here as salt and light to flavor and, and enlighten the world where we live so that others can be drawn to him as well. We, we need to be doing things. We, we need to be active. It's, it, but it's not just about paying it forward or coming up with something every once in a while or, oh, this looks like a good thing to do. Oh, because somebody did something for me, I guess I'll try to do something. Actually, it's kind of the holy, the, the, the Bible version of that is because of, in light of all of the mercy that God has, has shown me, I'm giving myself back to him, and that means I'm going to be active and allow him to serve others through me. I think as God transforms us, as he, as he forms his character within us, we are characterized by certain, living sacrifices are characterized by certain things. And so I think uh, I want to pull out of these, this, this passage uh, a few of those things this morning. A living sacrifice, uh, it, because it's active, one thing that it is also is that it's humble. A living sacrifice is humble. Verse 3 says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Later on in the text, it talks about not being proud or conceited. Remember, we're keeping God's mercy in view, right? If, if you are always living in the consciousness of God's mercy, then pride diminishes. There is no room for arrogance at the altar. We're, we're bowed low and we don't deserve anything, but God has granted his grace anyway. We're a living sacrifice. So don't look down your nose at, at other people thinking that you're better than them or more holy than them or, or more helpful than them or, or whatever than them. Alex Haley, uh, you may recognize that name. He wrote the critically acclaimed Roots uh, back in the, in the 70s. He's said to have had a picture on, a, on the wall behind, uh, behind his desk. It looked a little bit like this. It was a turtle on a fence post. And people would always ask him, well, what in the world, why do you have a picture of a turtle on a fence post on your wall. And he said, anytime you see a turtle on a fence post, you know he had some help, right? He didn't get there by himself. 
Somebody, now it's probably some middle schooler who came along and grabbed that turtle and put him up there. But um, Alex Haley, he had this picture on his wall to remind himself that where he was, and he was in a position of prominence, but he didn't get there by himself. There were others who had invested in him to get him to where he was. And Paul says we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Humility is a key characteristic of a living sacrifice. And it flavors, it changes how we act and react to others in our world. A living sacrifice is humble. A living sacrifice also loves. And there's a lot to be said here in this passage about love. A living sacrifice Loves. Verse 9 says, love must be sincere. Technically, this, this verse could be translated, perhaps in, in your uh, translation, uh, there it, it says something like this, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love must be sincere. Uh, hypocrisy, uh, you know, that's, that's acting as if you're doing something, or saying one thing, doing something else. Uh, in other words, it's saying really love, don't just, don't just act it out, right? Uh, the term actually comes from the word used for actors in a play, uh, pretending to be something that you're not. When Paul describes uh, love here, he's, he's describing a love that is genuine and sincere and cares the best for others. He's talking about God's love, the agape love of God that, that looks to serve others, not just to get what I want uh, for myself. God's love flowing through us into the lives of others. Again, it's not just dreaming up something and I'm, I'm paying it forward because it makes me feel good, but God has transformed me and now he's directing my steps and, and I'm loving others as he has loved me. It's, this passage is interesting because uh, starting in verse 9 here, there, the, this bunch of instructions, first of all, there's just like rapid fire, boom, boom, boom. They don't necessarily all tend to, we, at first glance, might not think they all go together. Uh, it's just kind of kind of thrown out there, all these different sentences and things. And actually, from the commentaries that, that I've looked at this week, uh, it's, it's more of a bulleted list under the title of uh, Let Love Be Without Hypocrisy. Uh, it's, it's not really in the Greek, it's, it's not really separate sentences, but all of these phrases uh, point back to that first sentence, love must be sincere, let love be without hypocrisy. Uh, it, it actually would read like this, let love be without hypocrisy, colon. Hating what is evil, clinging to what is good, devoting to one another in brotherly love, honoring one another above yourselves, never lacking in zeal, but keeping your spirit fervent, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, enduring affliction, continuing in prayer, sharing with believers in need, practicing hospitality. In other words, all of these ing words are pointing back to what it looks like if we're living a life of sincere love. If I'm living a life of love that is without hypocrisy, then I'm going to hate what is evil, I'm going to cling to what is good, I'm going to be devoted to to, to uh, other people. I'm going to honor others above myself. I, I won't be lacking in zeal. I'll keep my spirit fervent and, and all the rest. If you're doing those things as you live your life as a sacrifice to God, people will see you as a person of genuine love. As God transforms you, he develops his love in you, and, and it's a love that treats others as God would treat them. Oswald Chambers Put it this way, if human love does not carry a man beyond himself, it is not love. If love is always discreet, always wise, always sensible and calculating, never carried beyond itself, it is not love at all. 
It may be affection, it may be warmth of feeling, but it has not the true nature of love in it. Have I ever been carried away to do something for God, not because it was my duty, not because it was useful, nor because there was anything in it at all beyond the fact that I love him? Love must be sincere. A living sacrifice loves. We're, we're, we're humble. We, uh, we love. It's, uh, it's our mission to spread the love of God. And so in that, also, a living sacrifice serves. A living sacrifice serves others. Uh, it's, it's through this entire passage, uh, uh, hinted at, and, and some of those things we've already, we've already looked at there, but, uh, but especially verses four through eight give specific examples of how we need to serve God and serve others, specifically in the ways that He's gifted us, right? But Paul lists, uh, 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 several different things. If you've been gifted this way, then do this. And if you've been gifted this way, then do it. it uh, it's, it's not an exhaustive list. Uh, it's, it, some of these things are listed in, there, there's another longer list of gifts in, in 2 Corinthians 12, um, and, and scripture uh, in several different places talks about the gifts that God has given. None of those lists are exhaustive lists. Basically, what we need to, what we need to hear from this is however God has put you together, uh, he's got a plan to use you that way in the lives of other people. So do it and do it well and get on it and don't just sit back and don't waste the gift. God has transformed us and he supernaturally gifts us to serve others. Basically, Paul's saying to this church in Rome and to everyone else who has read this, including us, he's saying, you have been put together by God. You are his hands and feet on the earth. You are his body representing God. So however he has gifted you, go for it. (laughs) Serve. Do it with gusto. If you're not gifted in one area, then you are in another. So do something because living sacrifices serve. We can't just sit back. I've quoted Rick Warren's shape acrostic for years, and, and I believe it still holds up. And if you've heard this, great. Uh, this is a reminder. If you haven't ever heard this, then, uh, then great, put it into practice. But go ahead and put that up there. Uh, my shape for serving. God has put me together, shaped me to serve in, uh, in, in this way. And this is just a great way to, to remember it. So the S stands for spiritual gifts, just like Paul mentions here in, in Romans 12, that, that he has gifted us supernaturally with certain gifts that he wants us to use. But, but he goes even beyond that. Our heart, uh, in other words, our passion. What are we passionate about? Uh, our abilities, what are you good at? Uh, you can have a heart for something but not be any good at it. I've, I've watched American Idol enough to know that. What's your personality? We're all put together differently and we have different personality. How do you interact with, with, with people and with the world? God wants to, he doesn't want to change you so that you can be fit into this cookie cutter. He wants to use you exactly as you are, your personality. Uh, what's your experience? What are your experiences? What, what have you been, have you come through? What has God brought you through? Both good and bad. Where have you been in life and how can God use that then to help others as they walk through some of the, what, how has God shaped you? for ministry, shaped you to serve. No matter what it is, no matter who you are, uh, consecrating yourself to God or, or offering yourself as a living sacrifice, it will involve serving. And that means you'll know yourself. And this is a great way to, to, to if you have never done this, if you've never thought through this, if you've never practically uh, gone through this, then, uh, then, then take it home. Go into your prayer closet at some point this week, this afternoon, uh, uh, sometime, and, and say, man, well, how is it that God has shaped me? What am I like? I, I wonder how God could use that. I've never really thought about it. 
Spend your time getting to know yourself. And then, and only then, I think, once we know ourselves, then we begin to look at the people around us. And then when we see the needs of the people around us and we know who we are, then we can see how those things might come together and God might use that to make a big difference in somebody's life. I read about a a woman who uh, who called a friend to ask how she was feeling. She knew she'd been kind of stressed out lately, and so she called her friend. She said, how are you doing today? And she said, oh, I'm terrible. She said, my head is splitting, and my back and legs are killing me, and the house is a mess, and the kids are driving me nuts. And and the friend who had called said, uh, well, listen, just you know what? Just go lie down. I'll come over right away, and I'll cook lunch for you, and I'll clean up the house, and I'll take care of the kids, and and, and you just need to get some rest. And then I'll fix dinner so it's ready when Sam gets home from work. And there was this brief pause, and then the, the woman on the other end of the line said, Sam, my husband's not Sam, he's Frank. And the lady calling was taken aback and looked at her phone. Oh my goodness, I've called the wrong number, she said. The long pause on the other end, and then the woman said, does that mean you're not coming over? <laughs> there are needs all around us, and we have to be looking for them, we have to see them we have to see the people around us. A couple of good things, although I'm, you know, I'm not denigrating that, uh, that, that movie clip we saw uh, at the beginning, but, but I think we need to go further. But a couple of good things there. One thing it said was that you need to see people. You need to pay attention more. Those are, those are key ingredients here. We, we've got to see the people around us. We've got to recognize that, that, that there are people that God has, has placed supernaturally in our lives, and, and maybe we need to speak up. Maybe we need to, to, uh, to, to, to serve them in some way. I guess an underlying part of all of this, serving God, means that we're serving others. It's not just this holy thing, and I've, I've done my, my holy duty, my spiritual duty for the, for the week because I came to church on Sunday, but, but it, this is just your, kind of your refueling station, right? And then you're, you're propelled back out into the world to, to, to represent God uh, where you live. And serving God means serving others. That'll mean that, that, that we need to serve others through, uh, through how we're shaped and, and, how we, and as we see the needs around us. It will mean as... As this passage says, it will mean being patient, loving, practicing hospitality. Uh, Paul says this also, if you look toward the, toward the end of this passage, Paul says that, that this also, being humble and loving and serving, that also affects uh, the, the, the relationships that we have with people that aren't going well, right? The, the people that maybe aren't treating us well. People that are, that are, that are hard to love. People that are hard to serve. Uh, we, we must care about our relationships enough to invest and, and to try to live at peace with one another, even in difficult situations. Paul even says that as we serve, we are actually overcoming evil with good. This whole passage is, is others focused. And again, it's, it's practical, right? You see the difference between where we were, uh, uh, through, through the, the previous months and all these theological truths and all this. I've got to study this and this is kind of the background of how this all works. And now Paul has, he's turned this corner. He says, okay, because of all of that, this is how you should live. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Living, what's that? What's that? Well, a living sacrifice is humble. A living sacrifice loves with God's love. A living sacrifice serves as you've been gifted to represent God in the world. Living sacrifices are not only living to serve God, but we're living to serve others. A living sacrifice is active. It's more than just paying it forward, and and, and it, it does indeed change the world. 
Being a living sacrifice means you'll be humble, that you'll love, that you'll serve as God calls you and God enables you. I would challenge you to read through this passage several times and, and, and ask God, what is it that you want me to do? Maybe you're involved in, in, in ministry somewhere in the church or in our community or, or uh, in, in some way. Uh, or maybe you're looking for those opportunities. Or maybe you're going, ah, you know, I'm serving here, but maybe I should. How can I be a living sacrifice? This, this is, I guess that's your homework. Um, I don't want you to just walk out of here and say, okay, I was, we, we had church and now I'm on. And, but we had church. We, we, we met with God. He has, he has supernaturally gifted me. What am I going to do about it?